Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching today, your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Of course, that's just for every dry and thirsty soul. Are you hungry tonight, today? Do you want the, the rains of heaven to wash out the atmosphere? Glory to God. Then you need to sense what's happening. A lot of times what takes place in the natural realm is to try to help us understand what's, being, what's happening in the spirit realm. There's been a set, Ozona and I got some uh, uh, wind chimes. Sometimes they keep us up all night. Glory to God, because the wind's blowing. It's been a long, dry winter in South Texas. But you know what? The rains are coming. The winds are blowing, bringing refreshment, causing the ground to produce and spring forth out of the dead of winter. Glory to God. Are you, are, are you grabbing that? Are you getting, do you want it? Are you, you just rather have the, you know, the dry dust of South Texas to blow up your nostrils and give you sinus problems, allergy problems. Or you want, you want God to wash out the atmosphere of all the crap that we've been dealing with. Change, I'm talking about change from God. Not all change is good. But in order to, 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 to have progress, you got to have change. And God is bringing change. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you right now. Glory to God. You need to learn to worship God. Don't let me worship for you. You need to worship God. You need to open your mouth and praise him. You may not be as loud as I am right now, but sooner or later, if you'll start, you'll start being bold about it instead of being shy. Glory to God. We worship you. We praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that the wind of your spirit is blowing on this generation. Glory be to God, and we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, you're the healer. We thank you, Lord, you're the deliverer. We thank you, Lord, you're the provider. We thank you, Jesus, you're here today. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory and majesty. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord for his goodness. I just want to say this last thing to you. Glory to God. I haven't thought about this in a long time. But this is, you can tell that the Holy Spirit's saying something. To me as well. Do you know that when you get to heaven... You know, everybody wants to, you know, hurry up, Jesus, come get us. Well, get the job done, he can come. He's waiting till his enemies be made his footstools, what the Bible says. When you get to heaven, you're not going to be some little naked fat baby on a puffy white cloud playing a little tulip on a, coal, on a little harp, and that's going to be your eternity. 
Do you know that heaven's going to be a little noisy sometimes? Do you know there's a verse in the Bible that says there's only going to be silence for 30, sec 30 minutes? That's right. Come on. And yet when we go here, hum. <laughs> Heaven is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor say, you're not a naked fat baby. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You need to learn to praise God. And then if you, you get up here, listen, if you get up here, if, if, if for some reason, they don't do it very often, but if for some reason, if the, if the worship team got up here and they was a little slow, bump them. <laughs> Say, get with it. Yeah. We come to praise Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Now, we we're going to get ready to uh, dismiss our 180. That's our youth ministry. And they, they're going to break up into small groups. And, and uh, we appreciate what God is doing with our youth. They're being trained line upon line, precept upon precept. Let's thank God right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. How many of you have served in the military? Just... Two or three of you? Two or three of you. Okay. So the rest of you, I, you've been enlisted right now because God's looking for an army. The first thing they do is send you to what we call boot camp. Do you know why? That's to break down all the bad habits and instill into you the fundamentals. Why do you need the fundamentals? You need the fundamentals because that's what you're going to draw on. It has to become a part of you so when you're in the battlefield, you don't fall apart and don't know what to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. We're in a battle. Right. We're in a culture war. Haven't you understood that? Disney's trying to take over your kids and trying to pervert them. And yet the church is treating everything like Disney World. We've copied everything like Disney World. I don't want to copy Disney World. They're, they're, they're not my competition. You know why? There is no competition between the Holy Ghost and Disney. But Disney is screwed up and perverted because the church has not perceived what I'm talking about and it's basically because the church has no fundamentals. You, you need to be involved in that. Now, oil, fundamentals is just the first part. Then we're going to take you into special training. And my dad used to say it this way all the time. You're in training for reigning. In other words, we want to equip you to succeed, not to fail. And too much of the time, we've labeled church growth as this. Someone coming down to the altar... Uh, they visited a couple of times. They come down to the altar. They go through the sinner's prayer. And then we, we try to get them into waters of baptism, you know, real quick. And, 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 get, and we've all been told. This is what I've been told when I went through it. And get them involved in the church as quickly as possible. And guess what? We set people up for failure when we do that. When you're enlisted in an army, they don't do that. They don't take you and enlist you, give you a week or two worth of training then set you out on the battlefield. 
They don't do that. So I'm encouraging you to take advantage as much as possible. I know, listen carefully, I know that it's going to take some meeting and some time and so on and so forth. I get that. But I, I'm gonna make, I, I need to say this to you so you'll understand. For too many years, people have separated the person that stands behind the pulpit as something exceptional. And I'm not them. As a result, we think the ministry is clearly right here. And that's totally contrary to what the scripture says in the New Testament about the church. Every believer, every believer is called to ministry. You don't just come here to get your life fixed. You come to get trained as well. Are you following what I'm saying? And, and if you don't, the devil's going to eat your lunch and pop your sack when you can't find the preacher at 2 o'clock in the morning. And by the way, I cut my phone off. <laughs> my job is to not make you dependent on me. I'm not the Savior. My job is to equip you to stand because realizing you'll never be alone no matter what you face. And it's all going to boil down to this. Listen carefully to this. Man, I'm kind of taking off. We're supposed to stay on the subject of water baptism, aren't we? Let, let me make sure you understand something. When it comes time to leave my body, only Jesus is going to be with me. Nobody else can walk with me through that. As much as my loved ones will be, want to be around me, only me and Jesus. So if you don't know him, I'm talking about knowing him. I'm not talking about knowing about him. I'm talking about knowing him. If you don't know him, you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death by yourself. If you know him, you ain't going to be alone. And you'll have power over that, that valley. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This is all about getting you to know him. Now, <clears throat> we're going to go right into union. A lot of times, Christians have went through this process called water baptism. This is not a ritual, by the way. If you treat it as a ritual, in which some Christians, when they find out we're going to have water baptism Sunday, we know Pastor Ronnie's going to speak on water baptism. And they say, well, I've already been there. I've already done that. I don't need to hear that again. Just how many sermons on faith do you need to hear? Many Christians do not understand nor discern this right here. They do not discern it. And because they don't discern it, the devil steals something from them. So even if you have been water baptized already, you need to understand the operation that takes place through this process. I'll say this up front to you. Water baptism is an outward expression of an inward work. Water baptism solidifies externally what took place internally. 
during, if you check the word baptism or bab, baptize and you look at it in the Greek, you're going to find out that that means to immerse or submerge. Now, I'm going to say some things. I do not want to offend anybody, but I want to help you to see something that you need to understand because sometimes we've moved what was sacred and what, would, what God calls holy over into an area of ceremony. And ceremony doesn't cut it. Okay? It's impossible to be baptized by being sprinkled. Because the word itself means to emerge or submerge. Okay? And we've, we've, we've totally belittled it. And then we, we put christening and we put baby dedications in the area of water baptism. And it's impossible. You're supposed, if, if it's an outward sign of an inner work, a baby is still in its innocence. It's not even conscious that it needs a savior. So when we christen or sprinkle with water a, 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 an infant, that infant has no consciousness. Now I'm going to give you scripture for everything I'm telling you. Okay? And therefore, that baby has nothing to stand on because it's not about sprinkling. It's about immersion. You're totally immersed. I can see right now I need to move on real quick. Let me give you the word union before we read these. You can turn into Romans chapter 5. And I'll read it out of the King James Version. But while you're turning there, let me give you this definition. The word de uh, uh, union, what it really means is the action or fact of joining. Joining. A state of harmony or agreement. Now listen very, very carefully this. For we read in, in Romans. Jesus came so that you could be in union with the Father through union with the Son so that you can be in union with the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That word union means that you are in a harmonious agreement. Everybody say harmonious. harmonious. How many of you ever went to some kind of, I don't know, how many of you ever heard music that was not in harmony? That was off. Do you know that mankind got off with God? got out of sync through the fall of Adam and Eve 
we fought, and therefore because of that, the nature of the devil took over and we became rebellious to God. We played our own tune as if we created ourselves. Woo, shout me down. And then we want to know why life is difficult. Life is difficult because you're not in harmony with God. Water baptism is identifying with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It is to bring you into a harmonious agreement of something that you willingly from your heart now have invited in. I should say someone. Let me show you how the devil looks at water baptism. In Muslim countries, where it's the predominance and it rules the, it rules the governing body of that country, you can come down to the altar in a Christian gathering. You can say a sinner's prayer. And they, they'll kind of look at that, you know, keep an eye on you kind of thing. But when you make a public declaration through water baptism, that's when the Muslim world knows you're serious. And that's when persecution starts. Yet many Christians in our country think that this is just a ceremony. It's not a ceremony. It's a union. It's a union. Romans chapter 5. I'm going to pray before I read this. Father, I thank you right now that you give us understanding. Open every one of our eyes to have a deeper revelation of this union through water baptism. In Jesus' name. If you want some of that, say a hearty amen. amen. Verse 19 of chapter 5 says, For as one man's disobedience, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law, the moral code, if you would, entered that the offense may abound. Now, listen very carefully. I, I got to help you right here just one moment. And this is worth it for me pausing right here. From Adam to Moses, there was no moral code written down. You follow? So the only offense... Where there's no law, how many of you know if there's no speed limit out here on Roosevelt? You could, somebody could drive 20, another person could drive 100, but because there's no law, there would be no offense. You follow? The only offense from Adam 
to Moses was Adam's failure in the Garden of Eden. Are you following? But at that moment, the nature of sin dominated man. And God brought in the moral code not to deal with man internally, but to restrain man externally and show him how many times he was going to miss it. Did you hear what I just said? To show them how many times they're going to miss it. So God brought the moral code in so that sin may abound. Everybody, everybody get that? So that sin may what? Abound. Do we do away with the moral code? No, we don't do away with the moral code. If, listen, if you have no consciousness that there's uh, all kinds of things that you've done that just keep calculating against you and making you fill with shame and regret, then you won't recognize you need a Savior. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, watch this. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound. This is where you ought to get excited. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now, what is grace? That's God's influence. So, God wants you to understand he wanted sin to abound so that when you recognize that you just keep on screwing up, you're going to come to the conclusion you need something bigger than yourself. All self-help gets you is deeper in trouble. Well, that went really big. But where that calculation, sin abounded, God's influence much more abounds. Okay? Glory to God. We're going to get somewhere today. That as the sin, as sin reigned unto death, it reigned, it became Lord. Because the sin abounded. Now you're conscious, conscious of all the shortcomings. Even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. What shall we say then? Chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we consent, continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now stop right here. How many of you know something? I'm going to ask you. How many dead people are sinning today? I don't see them cussing. Committing adultery, fornicating, 
Hello? I don't see him lying, cheating, and stealing. I don't see any of them committing murder. If you're dead, you're not doing those things. Are you with that? Dead people don't do that. Only people that are here. Well, and dead people don't vote no matter what they say. <laughs> now watch this. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his what? Death. So, what we see here is when we're immersed in the water, we're going down into a grave to identify and become united with or in union with his death. Oh, man. Let's just keep reading here. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, you're going down, but you're coming up. You become united with him now. In other words, you become in a harmonious agreement. The old nature is dead, and you are burying it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had a pet, or, or let's just say anything, that died on you, any animal that died on you? What, what are you going to do with it? You're going to do what with it? Why would you bury it? You know, I remember my oldest son, I got him a BB gun when he, I don't know, probably eight or nine years old. And uh, so he took that BB gun while I wasn't looking and he, and he, and he shot a bird. But he, he thought that bird should become his trophy. And I didn't know this, but we kept smelling something in his room. <laughs> and he had put that bird in his toy box. You know, you know. And I, I what is that smell? And it wasn't until we started cleaning that out. I don't know how long that thing stayed in that toy box, but it stunk. You are to become in union with his death. And then guess what you got to do? Once you recognize, listen carefully, Jesus is the one that did the hard work of dying on the cross. But the Bible says you've been crucified with him. So when you look and see Jesus hanging on that cross, that's you. Now, I know that's what you deserved. I get that. But it's not just what you deserve. It's you, the Bible says. You've been crucified with Christ. 
That's why, that's why other people look at this as this is serious business and a lot of Christians in America don't take it. They just take it as ceremonial. It's not ceremonial. There's the operation of God that takes place. Because we do this by faith. If you rightly discern this, I'm talking about even those that have went through the waters of baptism. You, that's why you need to visit. This is one of my favorite parts right here. I, I, I look at myself and I say, Jesus, I died with you. But you know what? After that, you came up out of that grave and it says right here, even so shall we walk with newness of life. I, when you come up out of that water of baptism, you're not the old stinking dead person you used to be. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God. I thought I smelled something about you. For if we be planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall, also, shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. That means you can live a life on this planet, in this body, while you're here on earth with resurrection life. Amen. Resurrection life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, yes, I'm going to go ahead and make this statement. The devil doesn't get to decide when I check out. Knowing this, notice what he says. He said, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin. And I, now listen very carefully. If any, I, I know that there are churches today and preachers that'll make this stupid statement. If you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're no longer just an old sinner. And people that believe that stuff will help you to remind you and dig up the dead man. It's the same thing as digging up a corpse. Are you following that? And they'll emphasize that you, we just all sin daily, Pastor Ron. We just all sin. God don't look at it like that. Right here it says you don't have to. We're going to get this here in just a minute. We're going to get, it's going to get more emphatic. You don't have to. Say I don't have to. Why? Because it's uh, uh, knowing this that our old man is dead, uh, uh, crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed, and the word freed here also means justified, from sin. 
Now if any, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing, here's something else, knowing Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For him that he died, he died unto sin how many times? Once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. When you come up out of that water of baptism, you're no longer, you're no longer subject and powerless to live under the curse of fallen human nature. You come up out of the waters of baptism in the likeness of his resurrection and therefore the power of his resurrected life now dominates your lifestyle. Likewise, everybody say likewise. That means in the same manner, reckon. Do you know what reckon means? I spent some time studying this yesterday. You know what the word reckon means? How many of you have ever reconciled your checkbook? Uh, maybe that's a problem with some of you. Okay. You reconciled it. A reckoning means there's a balancing. So if you say that you reconciled your checkbook and you have $25 in it and you, we say, what's your balance? Well, I reckon that I got $25 in my checkbook. You would be right if you reconciled. So in other words, when he says likewise reckon, he means, yes, you've got it reconciled. Okay? Glory to God. I reckon <laughs> yourselves indeed, uh, dead to be indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I reckon the old man is dead, yes. and my life is hid with Christ in God. Therefore, I live, listen carefully, I can learn and be taught by the Holy Spirit to live the way Jesus lived on this planet. Now, I have to be trained and I have to be taught because, you know, when you chop the head off of a snake, it still tries to wiggle. But it's what? Dead. That's why we bury it. <laughs> Man, I, I'm containing myself and I'm on it. I got to hurry right here. Let not... Their sin therefore reign in your, in your body, mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't let it reign over you. Now you've got to renew your mind because this is foreign to what our fallen human nature mind thinks. Neither yield yourselves members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead 
and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now watch verse 14, underline it, put stars by it. Don't ever forget it. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're no longer under the moral code, but you're now under the influence of the Holy Spirit that now is the influence of God. I don't have to have external restraint because I have internal leadership. Internal leadership. I don't go to church any longer because I got to. I don't have to have somebody breathe down my neck. Hello? And try to shame me to be here. Man, you, you ought to be jumping up and down about right now. I'm not shamed to get here. No, I want the leadership of the Holy Spirit I want to learn how to train. I want to learn how to train my spirit to have dominion over my old nature, whereby it does not lead me around and boss me around anymore. Listen to me very carefully. Listen, listen. Sin shall not have dominion over you, and sickness should not have dominion over you, and poverty should not have dominion over you. And, and depression should not have dominion over you. And, and all fear should not have dominion over you. So don't call it my arthritis. Don't call it my fear because it's not a part of me anymore. I've been risen with Christ. You understand what we're talking about? I notice, you know, even when they're advertising uh, medicines on, on, on TV, they'll make this thing, my arthritis, my diabetes, my, my, my. You're identifying with the old nature. We even have Christians that don't get it. We'll sing songs trying to get rid of fear, but then you turn around and embrace it. My fear. Fear is of the devil. Why would you identify with that? I'm not saying that your flesh won't shake and quake sometimes, and he may not try to give you a sense of fear, but you shouldn't take it because you've identified and become united with him through his death, burial, and resurrection. You're in union with Christ. Are you understanding what we're talking about? Now let me, for time's sake, I've got to close it up. Let me help you understand something. A number of years ago, we was having water baptism. I have never seen this. Just a few years back. I'm talking about in the last five or six years. And I had never, I was looking up the word that is identified in the Greek, baptismio, however you say it in the Greek. Now there's two words there, and they're two separate words. One of them 
means to dip. Okay? Like you dip. And another one means to immerse to the point that there's a transformation. Let me give you an illustration. And it gives it in explanation of the two different words. And I had never saw this before. But my mind went back in memory in a comparison. My mom, we liked, you know, we like fruits, uh, she liked f- fresh fruits and vegetables. One of her favorite vegetables was a cucumber. And a cucumber, she'd sometimes take that cucumber and peel it and chop it up. And just before she put it on the table, she would take it and and put some vinegar and water and just let it set it in there. And then when it eat it at, at the meal, and it would be a cucumber that was dipped in a vinegar solution, even though it sat there for 30 minutes or whatever. And it, you, you could still taste the cucumber, but it kind of have a vinegar, vinegary taste. Follow? Now that's one word which means to dip. Okay, how many of you going to go eat uh, lunch today, maybe at a Mexican restaurant, you're going to take chips and salsa and you're going to dip it. Right? Now, now think with me just a moment. When you dip that chip and salsa, the chip and the salsa are just on top of each other. But the salsa doesn't get into the chip because you did the dipping. Are you following me? But the other word, which is going to take place today, means an immersion or submersion to the point that it gets inside. Now, how many of you know that pickles were cucumbers? Y'all don't know that? Man, I'm giving you an education today. Pickles were cucumbers. You never refer to them. Oh, that's just a canned cucumber. When, when Zona sends me to the grocery store and she says, I want some dilled pickles, she doesn't say dilled cucumbers. Yes or no? Because something transpired that was different. The cucumber was dipped and immersed. But the dipping and immersing got on the inside until it transformed that pickle, I mean that cucumber, into a pickle. Are y'all hearing me? See, if you approach this as just ceremonial, then you're not letting the operation of faith take place whereby you are saying, I am crucified with Christ. I'm buried with him in the waters of baptism. 
and I'm coming up out of the waters of baptism to walk in the newness of life that's going, that I am now going to be conscious of in everything I do and everywhere I go and the Holy Spirit's going to help rewire my brain through the teaching of the Word to think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, to be like Jesus so that we become like each other. We are unified. Let me put it another way. We're tied at the hip. We become twins. Are y'all listening? Now, a lot of people can't take that because it's just too strong. But you better, you better understand what's taking place here. Because once you do this, you're making a public declaration of what took place internally. When I get those pickles from the grocery store and bring them home, we see those pickles in the jar and that tells me that that cucumber's already made the transformation. When I pull it out, I'm not expecting a cucumber. I'm expecting a pickle. And it's a public, listen carefully, it's a public recognition that the cucumber's already been pickleized. Are you hearing me? Therefore, sin no longer has the right to dominate me. Now, does that mean, I know what's going on in people's minds. Well, then how come Christians sin? Because they don't understand what I'm talking about. They don't get a deeper revelation that covers every aspect of their life. And therefore, they just treat, well, I was baptized one time. I remember exactly when I was baptized. I was baptized at the age of nine years old and dad even though I was raised up in a preacher's home, my dad did not ask me or try to push me to get water baptized. I had been surrounded with the word long enough that it penetrated my consciousness and I said, I want to be water baptized. And let me tell you, when I got water baptized, something transpired on the inside of me. Something happened. Peter put it like this. On the day of Pentecost, when he spoke to all of those people, he said, they asked him, what must we do? And he says, repent and be baptized for the remission of the sins. You know what that word remission means? That means a total blotting out of sin as if, as if it never existed. And then he said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are telling the devil in the eyes of my father I have become in harmony with heaven. I'm in harmony with the father through being in a, a union with the death and burial and resurrection of the son and therefore I am receiving the Holy Spirit to come dwell in me and I'm going to be in union with him for the rest of my life. Are you understanding what we're talking about now? Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be pickleized. 
Cucumbers have to have a little flavor to them. Jesus came to give you flavor. Because you were just banned. Y'all missed that. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm going to dismiss those that are going to be water baptized right now. Glory to God. Go, go ahead and um, uh, get ready. While they're doing that, the rest of us that are here, those that are viewing by live stream, if you rightly discern what we went over today, you can take a baptismal certificate, you can shove it in the devil's face, say no, no longer. Sin's gonna have dominion over me. For the grace of God now influences me. Not consciousness of my shortcomings, but consciousness now of his resurrected life lives on the inside of me. And because sin doesn't have dominion over me, neither can sickness. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to get ready to pray for you. If you need healing, this is the time to get it. In fact, somebody's going to be healed today. Somebody is going to be healed today. Listen, I thank God for medical science. You may, I, 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 I do. But all they do is treat symptoms. They can't make it work. There's a spiritual aspect to healing that sometimes is left out. And many times it's left out. You're more of a spirit being than you are a physical being. If your spirit doesn't receive healing, then your body won't sustain healing. Okay? Sin should not have dominion over you, neither should sickness. Sickness shouldn't tell you when you're going to check in and when you're going to check out. Are you hearing me? But you got to be conscious of this. It's, it, it cannot be on the back burner somewhere. Poverty. Listen carefully. Poverty. You shouldn't be conscious of poverty either. You should be conscious of God's abundance. I, listen, we're in an inflation time. The world's economy can be manipulated, but God's economy can't be manipulated. It's based upon what God said that doesn't change, doesn't have any variance in it. And his, 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 balances are, his balance is, is, is not manipulated. It's just. So, inflation's coming big time. And guess what? Man's going to screw it up. That's okay. To the believer, we don't have to participate. I'm not going to participate in inflation. I'm not going to participate. Listen, I'm going to have gas in my car if it's $12 a gallon. Oh, man, some of you are getting nervous right now. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't change the system. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is until that system is changed and brought back to a just balance, there's going to be a process. And that process is where I have to 
rely upon what Jesus has done for me. Are you following me? I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to participate in a depression, recession, inflation, stagflation, manipulation. My faith is being tried by, by fire. And it's, and, it's, and it's the faith of what we're, what we're applying right here, right now. In his death, burial, and resurrection. If you need healing, I want you to place your hand on your body right there. Just put, just put it there, just say Devil, I'm driving you out. Say it out loud, devil. I'm driving you out. Through the merits of the cross, the power of the resurrection, and in the authority of the name of Jesus, I declare, I decree, and I profess that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I speak to my body, I speak to my mind, and I say in the name of the Lord Jesus, get in line with the death, burial, and resurrected life of Jesus. For Jesus, your word through Paul says if the same spirit that raised you from the dead dwells in me, my body will be quickened. Body, in the name of Jesus, be quickened. Glory to God. Right now, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Begin to thank God for it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you just worship the Lord a moment? Just worship Him. Thank Him. Thank Him right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody is being healed right now. And the symptom is dissipating in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Jesus, you did it in the book of Acts. I thank you that you're doing it right now. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Who, who right now has, has noticed a significant change? Well, stick up your hand. Who's noticed a change? I want to see it. Glory to God. Anybody else? You notice, you notice a change. Alright, I got three or four right now. Glory to God. The popcorn's popping. You're gonna be in there. You're gonna be in there. Glory to God. I'm gonna bring a microwave up here and put some popcorn in it on Sunday. Make you smell it through the whole service. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The oil is heated up. Let's sing. Let's worship Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.